Hello and welcome to a pair of Dice Loss podcasting channel. My name is Brendan and I'll be your storyteller for the evening. Things continue to heat up underground as the Exalts fight for their lives against the beast beneath Brooklyn. Leonard and Cass take center stage with their battle-focused style while Marcy and Liv do their best to survive. As Zamisi decides, it's time to snack on one of them. This is Exalted vs. World of Darkness, Friendly Neighborhood Exalts, Episode 33, The Battle for Brooklyn, Part 3. On October 27, 1904, the New York City subway system officially opened its doors to its first passengers. Not four days later, it acquired its first permanent resident. Through schemes by grandchild and retainers, an additional room in the plans was made. This culminated in a small pathway that led to a stable but very large cavern that was hollowed out. Here, a young Brodovich retainer placed the chrysalis that held its master, and then collapsed the tunnel that held the workers inside of it. Through the ages, this thing would feed upon what society threw down to them. Corpses, animals, and sometimes the wayward kindred. It had patience, though, and that was what was important. It waited, nearly 116 years as the uncontested Lord of Brooklyn. And as it was finally preparing to rise and rule over kind and kindred alike, that was when its first intruder came. Oi, fucker, that all you's got? My fucking Nona hits harder than you, and she's been dead for years. There's a growl from the chrysalis that holds the antediluvian. Tentacles swing out, sharpening and extruding bone and tooth and maw in an attempt to silence the way-too-tall and way-too-lithe demonic form of Roswell Nova MacArthur. As she deftly avoids the first set of swings, she sets her demons loose upon the creature. Bees of the future, baby! Now get out of my town or I'll make you regret coming to New York, fuckface! From her form, a mass of Malfian flesh turned into way too weird and way too large bees shoots forth, stinging and doing its best to infuriate Zemisi. As she continues the assault, there is the ear-splitting static as up above something has happened. The rest of the crew are evacuating New York. It's just distracting enough. The bone scythe swings down, chopping the infernal vertically and laying her low in a pool of oil, viscera, and grease. She breathes deeply and sinks into the floor as the next mass comes down to finish her off. All right, now we go back to the top of initiative, which is Cody. Yeah. I can't wait for Cass to have three turns in a row. Does anyone else notice that? That it's going to be Cass, and then Cass, and then Cass. Yeah. She doesn't get to go after herself, does she? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because it's after every normal round in the in the initiative. So it's after every go after turn. Lenny, go after Lenny, and then it would be her official turn, and then she would go after herself. I don't think I did it last time, but I don't remember if I did or not. I think that you did, because I distinctly recall going, okay, and now it's Marcy, and then you went, nah, uh uh it's my turn again. Yeah, it's at the end of every turn for the rest of the scene. Alright, I'm gonna start by spinning in Essence and a Willpower to have uh, Fire and Stone strike 
active for the entire round. So that gives me plus five auto successes on every attack. And then I think I'll leave it at that. With that being said, uh, seeing as how he was successful and now confident in taking on another one of these drills on his own, Lenny runs back into the cavern, running along the wall to the... uh, Anybody got any dibs they want? North. I'll take west then. Uh, Lenny runs along the wall of the cavern, taking the westmost facing drill, and swings at the tendril, holding it in place, trying to keep it steady. So that's 14 successes. It is going out. You said you got 14, right? Yeah. So I technically got 11 since that I have the uh, potence 2, which gives two auto successes. Yeah. Which means you got three over. Dope. And then six aggravated damage. It manages to soak it all. Gross. And then some. Yeah. Uh, I don't have anything for if something nopes me. No, I do not. So Lenny just looks at it confused. This this worked so well on the other one. So as that you go to swing at it, you see a almost uh, a a chitinous uh, uh, armor come around the uh, the creature where that you were planning to strike it. Your sword kind of bounces off. Uh, it it strikes, but it bounces off of the hardened flesh. Uh, Lenny recoils, catching his uh, catching his footing on the side of this wall. But just kind of stands there, scratching his head, looking at it. Next time, buddy. And that's Lenny's turn. Now the cast. Okay. Aha. So I can reflexively do this. How fun. All right. So since this is a new round, and this is reflexive, I'm going to activate Excellence of Violet Burr. And what that does is uh, makes life more fun for me. Is that the one that uh, gives you more... uh... It makes the difficulty to use action with firearms minus two. And then it gives my essence rating in dice to firearms. And with that, my anima banner flares. It does the normal uh, playing cards, switching with tarot cards. And two seem to spiral more quickly than the other two of the others around. And it's judgment and death. And they're in the upward position. And... Yeah going to shift focusing on the northern quote-unquote drill and fire into that right to hit for eight yep so uh add eight your uh this is where it's going to get wonky because this isn't going to take into the account that i have minus two to hit wait what all actions with firearms okay so you have eight and then it's six to hit this thing it's going to be four from now on for me i see an extra five in there an extra five, so 13 to hit? Uh, yeah, 13 successes. And it can't dodge. Okay, so you said it was uh, 13 plus the four, yep. still using fire, or trying to use fire. Yep, so that'd uh, be 17 damage. Oh, okay, eight, eight damage to it. Okay, yeah, that's fucking great. Oof. And that's by out of turn turn. All right, so next up in the initiative is Cass. Oh, my goodness. Uh... <laughs> So we're going to do the same thing, just lock and load some fire and keep firing on that northern one. We're going to do it kind of the same way I did before, where it turns into like the little bead of fire and then sparks out, because I think that looks fun. I dig it. I super dig it. Let's go. I like fireball. It's neat. It's a fun spell. You just don't use it in taverns. Where you do use it in taverns. That's quitter talk. 
Well, on the bright side, I didn't get any fives or fours, so the count is accurate. Right? Holy shit, that's 12. Okay, so you roll 16 damage dice. Because again, this thing can't fucking dodge. It takes four damage. And that's my turn. So at the end of my turn is my out-of-turn turn. And... Hmm, what do I want him to look- This time I want to make him flaming cards, because let's stick on theme. Oh, no! Well, also I have one, two, three, four fives, so... Yeah, I do- okay, yeah, I do see that. Okay, so you do get five added onto your damage of four, so that's nine damage dice. But yeah, seeing that zero pop up, I was like, oh, no! Four damage. Soaks all of it. And that's it for me now. Okay, next up is Marcy. Marcy, currently there is uh, the drill tendril to the south has been taken care of, and Cass and Lenny seem to be working on the north and west ones. There's still the massive writhing flesh beast in the middle that has taken not enough, not a whole lot of damage, if I'm going to be honest. Hey, question then. Yes. How close are Cass and Lenny to the big massive flesh monster in the middle? I would say that there's about a 30-foot gap between each of them. But, like, there's literally flesh everywhere, so, like, these tentacles are just popping up out of anywhere that there's flesh. If I use dragon, the dragon side, how close are they to where I want to attack the big monster? Oh, they are definitely nowhere near it. Okay, then I will feel safe in using that one. Um, I'm going to shoot at it. But I'm going to use the, uh, I'm going to spend an essence from the gun and use the, the dragon side so a gout of flame comes out of the end. Um, it auto hits and can hit multiple targets, so if anything else is close enough to it, it'll hit those two. You know what, I think that for sake of coolness, I think that you should probably aim it, like, kind of like do like a, uh like a sweep of it from like the middle out to the east one. Perfect. I will do that then. Dex and firearms is eight. Okay, well, so you're going to add... It auto-hits, so I just add the successes, right? Yeah. And it's damage 12 on this attack, so I add four? Yes. If it auto-hits, do you need to roll for attack? Because if you have to roll for attack, don't forget your extra four for accuracy. Oh yeah, don't forget those extra four, so go ahead and just add the add the extra four in right now. Alright, so adding the extra four, that gives me two more. Well, minus one, so one more. Yeah, but you technically did one aggravated damage to both targets. Which, by the way, they all have different health pools. So technically that's two damage. Two damage, man. Especially if it's aggravated. Okay. Anything else you that you can do, Britt? In that case, uh, I believe that it's, uh... Let me look at the thing here. Two attacks with the gun? Uh, yeah, you are actually allowed. It does have a rate of two, so you are allowed to do two attacks with the gun. I'm gonna do it again. Okay, go ahead. Don't forget to add in your uh, your accuracy this time, though. Roll those twelve dice. So that's five again. So then that's seventeen damage dice again. So uh, using hungry tiger technique, it says if the character takes no other actions during a round, save to attack a single opponent once. Count her extra successes twice for the purpose of determining damage. Does that have to happen at the end of the round, or can that happen on my turn? That would happen on your turn, but since you're attacking twice now... But it's the same opponent. Right, but it, it does say that if you attack them once. It says, if you save no other 
Oh yeah, just attack a single opponent once. Well then, I'm going to reflexively spend one of my essences and a willpower to gain this benefit on all attacks made during this round. Okay, so then all of your damage gets doubled, right? So then you would have um, a, a 10 onto the damage then. Alright, three damage. Still three aggravated damage. Well, that is now the end of my turn, and I am one essence away from flaring. Alright then, now I believe that it's cast. I mean, they're gonna be stars this time, because we're changing it up every round. It's gonna be something different. Fire stars. Ten. Four only. Wow, sometimes this dice farcer really likes you, and sometimes it's just like, hey, what up? It's just like, yeah, you can hit, but you're not allowed to do damage. Fuck your damage. Wow. That's fine. It just, so anytime that, like, you're shooting at it and it's just soaking everything, you guys can see that it is suddenly, like, forming, like, either, like, thick-hided animal uh, hides near it or, like, uh, exoskeletons or, like, tree bark. Any kind of living material that might have at some point come down here or... Uh, been absorbed into it in its travels. It's kind of like uh, bringing forth to like protect it. Now it's Demon Dylan's turn. All right, Demon Dylan is going to uh, take out uh, a bunch of his knives and uh, go running at the thing in the middle. Wow, he's pretty good. Ten successes, and then the thing tries to parry him, but is unsuccessful for a bit. Demon Dylan goes running into this thing. A mad look of excitement on his face. Tentacles whip out and he dodges, dips, dives, and ducks and dodges away. These things can't seem to hit him. He lands a blow with his uh, with his knife and as he does, a uh, a mouth appears and chomps down on his knife, blocking the blow from actually doing any damage. Next is Cass. I don't have a fun thing I want to make it this time. It's just going to be a menagerie of random shit to confuse it. <laughs> 11. <laughs> okay, so what? That's uh, 15 damage then? Well, I'll roll like a 2. 9, okay. Wow. I was actually going to say, I was like, watch, it rolls like an 11 or something stupid. No, I rolled a 10. It's. I feel so bad that this keeps happening. Eh? Oh well. Yeah, it, it's one of those... There's a potentiality I could hit, not a, I need to roll, like, tens on all my dice to hit. It's Liv's turn now. Oh, good. Let's see here. So there's tentacles we're attacking, as well as the main body, or are the tentacles dead now? The tentacle to the south is dead. Uh, Marcy has been attacking, Marcy and Dylan have been attacking the main body, as well as the, to the east, Marcy's also attacking that, because Marcy's been doing AoE damage. Cass is attacking the North Tendril, and Lenny is attacking the Western Tendril. Locked is down. There, there are still three other Tendrils left. Correct. Okay. Uh, I'm just a little spicy. Uh, which one of the tentacles looks the, the the least dead? The least dead Tendril is the one that uh, that Cody is attacking to the West. Then I will assist Lenny. I'm going to spend an essence to use three dead eyes. Uh, that's the thing that gives me bonuses to breaking things and medicine rolls. Excellent. I have to just pass an occult check with one success to get it to work. So it certainly does. And then I would like to play uh, a bone saw, a medicine kit, and go and try to uh, 
Cervical. Okay. Brendan, do I add the plus two from your dead eyes? Yes, and then you, since you're using your Necrosurgeon's kit, you're also adding uh, plus three accuracy since you're trying to hit. Ooh, I count three. Uh, yeah, that looks like three to me. You still hit. So for damage, how do you, how is this done again? Yes, you are getting, uh, so the damage on your uh, surgical tools is uh, two plus your strength. And then uh, any threshold successes, which since you got three and that thing got two, you would have uh, an extra success or an extra die. Okay. Does the through that I the bonuses to damage or just to hit? Oh, you know, that's a good question. Um, no since you know, I've used it. Um, I'm going to make a GM call and say that it's going to give you bonuses to damage. Is that two auto successes or is it uh, just two dice? I think it's just two dice. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm cool with you using two dice since you're using medical tools with it. So, hey, there you go. Yeah, five, five damage. He only manages to soak two of it, so it takes three damage. I suppose that's me then, just hacking away with my bone saw. It's this weird tentacle thing. Okay, bud. Uh, I guess that now it's Cass's turn again. Six. So I'll roll ten dice for five, and it's gonna roll like a seven. No, it's gonna roll like <laughs> five exactly. It'll get there eventually. No, it won't. So next up is what was once many Sasquatches. Christina, it knows that you're gonna attack it like so frequently. It's it's watching you with one eye. Well, as many Sasquatches is I guess it's just gonna. I don't know, punch this fella in the eye, poke him in the eye with a big pink beer. I don't know. Sounds good. Go ahead. Uh, I think he just rolls eight. Four. Four. So I guess that means you or parry. Yeah, it, it parries what once was many Sasquatch. But, you Sasquatch know. Sasquatch will remember this. Sasquatch will remember this. So we've now it's Cass's turn again. I've gotten to the point where I'm not being asthmatic with each one of it because it's literally just I'm, I'm throwing fire at it. There's not much flavor I can put, and I'm not trying to waste a lot of time by doing it. That's fair. But she is doing, like, different shapes and things. Wow, 12. Plus 4, so 16 damage. Holy shit. Woo, 9. What's it gonna roll? A 9? 10. 11. 12! <laughs> 12. I'm so Are sorry. that shit. And now it's this fucker's turn. Yes. Yes, it is. So this fucker is going to do two separate things with its turn. The first is to try and attack you all with tentacles. I'm sure that'll work well. Uh, it gets nine successes. Oh, Brandon, I didn't ask last turn because it's on my mind. Roll for what was once many such. Oh, uh, would you? Yeah. Mm, should probably roll to dodge for him, too, as well, I guess, because it is attacking everyone. Yeah, yeah that's fine. I, I assume so. To bring it up. Did you roll for Dylan last time too? Dude. Not great on me. Your athletics is five. Damn. Uh, no, my medicine is five. Oh, that's right. You're using medicine. Nice. Hey, just met it. <laughs> Oof. And I know that I don't even hit Cody. Yeah. Uh, so it is going to try and strike Tyler. And it is no, going Sasquatch. to. That was for Sasquatch. Oh no, Sasquatch. 
Oh no. Sassy, also going no. To be striking at Marcy. Do any of you guys want to Well, you know, I'll I'll roll damage first and then you guys can decide if you want to use your get out of jail free card. Is this the first time you're hitting one of us technically? I think so. Well, no, I think I hit Cody a few times before. I don't think so. No, um, I don't think so. I don't think you, you hit Marcy once before. 12. Talking about for for like the whole game. Oh, okay. No, I meant for this particular creature attacking us. Yeah, I think so. Going to do one damage to Tyler. Wait, wait. I know. I think I might have uh, done that wrong. I still need to roll another four damage, so I'm going to just add that on. Four damage to Tyler total. Going to spend the essence to not take the damage as it like cleaves off a limb that instantly regrows. Okay, sounds cool. Six damage to Marcy. Uh, can I use my Hail Mary to Defender? Uh, you would have had to have declared that uh, before damage got rolled. He's oh. a good jail free card. Yeah, I got her next yeah, time. I'll just use my get out of jail free card. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, now you've used yours and we know. All right. So. What about Sasquatch? Uh, okay, yeah. Let me let me roll for Sasquatch and I'm going to describe the get out of jail free card. Wait, can't Britt try and uh, get soak on it or does she have to use her get out of jail before she rolls soak. Um, Because, like, if she can soak that, then she doesn't need to use the get out of jail. Uh, Yeah, up to you, Britt. Um, soak, I just, just roll stamina? Yeah. I can attempt to soak at least three of that. <laughs> Isn't your soak doubled because of iron body technique? Or do you gotta spend the essence on that? Uh, from Iron Skin? Yeah. I think I have to spend an essence. Let me just double check it real quick. Um, no, that's Ox Body. Tyler, if you could please roll uh, Sasquatch's Soak against six damage. Uh, reflexively yes. spend one essence to activate this charm. Solar result rolls stamina times two to soak all damage for the rest of the scene. Ah, uh, for the rest of the scene? Huh. So I guess I'll do that. I'll spend another essence and <laughs> Damn. All right, yeah. Well, what what was, what was once many Sasquatch uh, is really good at soak. He's so, a chunky lad. When I'm rolling for soak, am I rolling double the dice, or am I taking my results and doubling it? For that? Rolling double the dice. Okay. You soak two damage of the six that's coming your way. You can. Now you can determine if that you're going to use your get out of jail free card. Yeah, I'll use it. It was worth trying, though. Yeah. Oh, it definitely but was. Hey, my my soak is now twice. Uh, is now doubled for the rest of the scene. Nice. Oh, and I'm flaring now. If I didn't say that. All right. So, as that as that Marcy uh, sees the uh, the tendril coming at her, it's too late for her to dodge. This thing has enough weight that if it hits her, it's going to do some massive damage. It's not going to be pretty for Marcy at the end of the day if, if this attack connects. Closing your eyes for just the briefest of moments and expecting a serious pain that never comes. When you open them, there is a nine-foot-tall, long-limbed, skinny woman with red hair and wearing flannel. Rising up around her are multiple tendrils of acid. Aww. You can see the 
and Leonard can suddenly feel even more creatures of darkness have entered the area as Roswell Nova MacArthur enters the fight. Yes. Nah, she fucking Kiryu blocks it with her fucking skull. She just stands there and takes it and does nothing. That checks out. You know who's never met uh, Julia's character? Marcy. Yeah, I know. But she saw that you guys were having trouble, so she's come to help. I feel like she, uh, we just made a pound mate call without meaning to make a pound mate call. She uh, looks around, and as the uh, the acid tendrils uh, flail around her and go to uh, swipe at the fleshy tentacles around. Hey, yo, it's about fucking time that y'all showed up down here. I've been having trouble with this shit in my sewers for, like, fucking months. Thanks for lending me a hand, guys. Sorry, Rose, we thought you were still sleeping. Yeah, we didn't want to bother you. Uh, it's a I said I wasn't allowed to punch your cocoon. So anyway, now this thing is going to make another attack. So it gets a burst-wide attack and then two separate attacks? Yeah, it gets two actions. It has celerity. Okay. This time it is going to target Liv. <gasps> no, actually, you know what? This thing, this thing is smarter than that. It does have a fairly high intelligence. It's going to target Cass. You mean the person who hasn't been hitting it at all? Uh, you've been hitting it. You just haven't been doing damage. I feel like that's the same thing. That's fine, though. Go ahead. Remember, he has to get two plus to hit me. Right. Wow. I didn't even. I had it all set to roll dodge, and nope. It technically got two auto successes because it has potence, but that's not enough to hit. Um, basically, what the UC is a massive tentacle comes out, and on the end of it is a large mouth with gnashing teeth that uh, misses you, and then sinks back into the sea of flesh. And if that's the end of its turn, I'll be like, "All right, you want to play that game?" And I'm going to fire some more at it. Okay. But wait, I've got my counterattack. We both play that game. I'm going to let you do your counterattack first, since that would technically go off first. I counted 15. Dope. So I'll spend a essence and a willpower to, uh, what's that one called? That's the Hungry Tiger. Yeah. It's canceling out nine of yours. Dope. So that means I hit it with... Fuck math. Is it 27? Because you said it doubles your successes, right? Yeah, so I've got... So 14 minus 9... Or 15 minus 9 is 6. Plus 5 times 2. Plus 5 would be 11 to the 22. 22 plus 11. 33. 22 plus 11, okay. Yeah. 33 damage. Okay, so what part of this thing are you attacking with this? Because, like, basically the whole thing is attacking. Um, are you bounding over to the middle thing to start attacking it? Are you bounding over to the one that she's on? Uh, um, I imagine when the tendril comes out of the uh, drill thing to lash out at Lenny, he does a backflip into a... Uh, like, the pirate descent down the sail, just with a big-ass fuck-all blade down the center of this uh, main creature. Okay. Ten damage. Hey. All right. Now Cass can do her thing. Fourteen to hit. Are you still targeting the north one? Yeah. 
I'm 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 just dead set on murdering this drill. That's my goal okay. now. You hit. Um, so if it's if you got fourteen, then that would be uh, eighteen damage, I believe. All right, roll that thirteen to soak it to soak my eleven. Hey, uh, I finally hit for six. Okay. Um, so how do you its own blood? How do you take that thing out, Christina? Oh heck yeah! All right, so it's a drill that's coming up from the body, right? That's trying to drill through yeah. the team. All right, so I'm gonna keep firing and firing, getting frustrated. Just be like, all right, that's it. I'm just gonna take this giant ball of fire and just like almost throw it through the bottom, <laughs> and it's just gonna go and just sear through the bottom, and the drill is just gonna lob off to the side, detaching itself. Sounds good. It'd be Lenny's turn now. Is it the end of the round already? Yeah. yeah the antediluvian goes last. Oh boy. Does your thing is your five attacks for every round or just a round that you spend the essence for it? Ah, it's for every round for the scene. Nice. Alright, so with Lenny having slid down the front of this beast, he's uh taking his time seeing that his friends are working on the drills against it. And he just does his best to carve out as much meat as he can out of the center of mass. Okay, so plus 13 uh, threshold successes for you. Dope. Oh, boy. Wow. So that's 18 damage to this thing. Yeah. Uh, with that, Lenny shoots a... Uh, jumps up into the air, targeting a eye in the center of the mass. I don't like the way you're looking at my friends. And then slashes at it. That was a lot of ones. It's uh, it's mass kind of uh, gets bi- gets bigger on one end as it, a massive tendril comes out and smacks the orichalcum blade out of the way. As the tendril smacks the orichalcum blade out of the way, uh, Lenny reaches and grabs the tendril to swing himself around and try to smack at the eyeball again. That's better. Okay, so pl- uh, nine threshold successes. Takes 11 damage. Holy shit. You're carving through this fucking thing. And Lenny's just gonna keep on his roll and uh, keep his mouth shut because last time he talked shit, he got hit. And uh, go for attack number four. Uh, eight threshold successes. Show enough. 15 damage. Holy shit. That was not a great soak roll. And with the. Uh, with the fifth attack, Lenny just drives the sword home right into the pupil of this giant eye he's punching. Uh, five threshold successes. Oof, 11 damage. This mass of flesh that you're carving into is looking like it's more blood and pulp than, uh, than, than an actual being anymore. You can see as that you carve through it, through and through, that it's trying to grab things from around and uh, trying to stop you, but some something is stopping it from uh, hardening around where that its actual uh, body is. You can see as that you jam the, uh, the blade into the iris of this thing, it stops just shy of a large cocoon that it is holding. I'm sorry, did you say a large cocoon? Where? Inside the center of this thing. Target acquired. All right, who's next? I believe Brick gets her five turns. Yeah. Well, so I was reading Peony Blossom technique. 
And it says spend one essence reflexively at the end of the round. So I would have to spend another essence in order to use it again. Correct. And I think I've spent two essence this round already. I don't know if you guys have a two essence restriction like I do. Your stuff is all different than mine. I think that it's two for them as well right now. Because they're only essence two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in that case, then, uh, top of the round would go to Leonard. Again. Are you guys good on the drills? I'm going to keep uh, pounding this one home. Get that cocoon. Don't let it become its final form. Well, you go in to strike it. And All it... those pens. Whoa. Calm down. <laughs> you. Hey, I wanted to make it hard. You go in to strike it, and it... In a last desperate defense, it brings up uh, more and more flesh to stop you and slow you down before you can actually damage it. I believe now it's time for the triple cast turn. What are you going to do? Okay. Well, uh, I was going to go after the cocoon, but I don't know. I think that's a good idea. You you are basically, you you can basically hit it without, uh, without it being able to block. Not to steal Lenny's thunder, but uh, I'm going to go after that cocoon. Nah, man, I'm going to run out of essence here real soon. I need my thunder stolen. Uh, I've only used three. That's it. I still got seven more. <laughs> so I'm going to take a sec. I'm going to take, like, the hottest of seconds, having seen it, pivot, and then fire straight into the cocoon for ten. Okay, so uh, 14 damage. Ugh, I'm only five. It yep. does soak it. But I believe it's Cass's turn again. It's my turn. So I'm like, all right. Take a deep breath, pull some of the more fire that's, you know, that uh, Marcy's been spreading around this place. Take a little bit better aim since it's actually my turn, and I can take a little bit of better aim. And just breathe and release the fire for ten. Only eight. Exactly Oh my eight. god. Okay. It's basically hardening itself. You can tell that it is on its last, like... It is on its last fucking legs. I imagine the fire, it just, like, the timing just keeps missing, and it just puts its quote-unquote shields up right as the fire hits it. More or less, yeah. Well, here's my last one. For right now. Hit another eight. For damage. Oh! oh. Negative botch! Okay, um, Christina, how do you want to do this? Okay, so I want it to be one of those moments where it looks like it's about to raise it up in time, but it just, the fire, like, sneaks over and basically surround like, hits and surrounds the old thing, and it just kind of pops. Um, yeah, so it, there's a, there's a small hole that the, that Leonard's sword is dug in. It's been trying to cover this up and distract you with other things, but the fireball goes in and pops while it's inside near the cocoon. The thing goes alight as flesh begins to retract along everywhere except for where the, the drills were. Then the north and south uh, tendrils retracting massively. Uh, they go in to douse the flames as the beast beneath the, of the beast beneath Brooklyn is set ablaze. The drills begin going into overtime another massive drill comes out of the center and and with a sudden burst pushes Leonard away. Up above ground, the 
masses of flesh pierce through the street, and this thing shatters the street above. Concrete and parts of buildings come down, you guys barely able to dodge, as this thing rises up into the morning sunlight on Brooklyn. As the battle below Brooklyn raged on and the full-body thrum of the eye above Brooklyn continues to pulse, there are, as always, stragglers. Among them, a single overworked medical student is running with his arms full. Aaron sprints towards the Brooklyn Bridge holding a small girl who is crying. A look of fiery determination in his eyes as he sprints. At that very instant, the ground lifts up and explodes from underneath his feet. A cry of surprise escapes his lips as the ground becomes air and then ground again on his back. When he opens his eyes, he feels fine. The girl is safe and tugging on him to move. He looks to her and smiles before looking down at himself. Seeing the mangled remains of his left leg, pointing not only at a weird, unnatural angle, but also having way too many bends in it. He turns to the girl, trying his best to smile. You gotta get to the bridge! It's safe there. Go on now. The girl nods and starts running through the rubble as Aaron sees the first bits of writhing flesh coming through the concrete. He looks in a panic and wincing through the pain of his broken leg, he spots something. A weapon, maybe to buy more time. Hobbling on one leg towards the forklift, he pats the seat down and opens the glove box. Despite the broken leg, today was in fact his lucky day. The engine roars to life as Aaron guns it directly towards a mass of flesh that's heading for the bridge. I may have sworn to do no harm, but if what Liv says is true, you're basically just a corpse. He lets out a triumphant battle cry. Go sharks! At that moment, the metal at the front of the forklift collides with the mass of flesh. Maybe it was the adrenaline surging, but Aaron didn't feel his leg hurting anymore. In fact, he didn't feel anything else, as the flesh he aimed for opened into a massive, toothy mouth and then closed around him and the forklift. Alright, so as you guys are all pulled up onto the ruined street of Brooklyn, I want to go over some new mechanics with you. So, you guys have gotten uh, two specific groups to come and help you. Specifically, werewolves, and what I have dubbed as Calabunga it is. Did we use our whole technocracy pool just to get people out of here then? Uh, Yes. And we don't have Lenny's family helping us, like they said they would probably. Um, they will. I thought they were be. helping evacuate people. Yeah, th- there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of evacuating people going on. I just want to make sure I've got everything in mind. That's all. If if they can come and help at any point, they will make sure to do that. But right now, they're focusing on uh, mitigating innocent deaths. Health potions out of here. So, here is how that this is going to work. You guys, at some point earlier, would have given instructions to the werewolves and to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle army. 
You guys have two choices for them. You can either have them, you can have either group either attack with you or go and help basically run crowd control. By uh, running crowd control, um, they reduce the chance of uh, Zemisi finding a snack by 10%. Its current uh, snack percentage to find is, uh, is 25%. So if you have both groups go, go to run crowd control, it only has a 5% chance to like find a way to regain health. If you have one group go, it's 15%. And if you have both groups uh, just attack, it stays at 25%, uh, which it gets to do at the top of the, uh, of the round. Does that make sense? Yeah. I have a hard time believing that the Bunga Boys would do anything but attack. Okay, so then are you guys going to send the werewolves off to uh, basically run crowd control? Sounds agreeable to me. I guess... Okay, I will let you know this, that the werewolves um, do more damage than the, the than the Calabunga boys, but there are more Calabunga boys, and uh, basically if they get, if this thing takes them out, it doesn't get a health potion. But if it takes out a werewolf, it, uh, it, it, it's bigger, it gets a bigger health potion, basically. Yeah, I mean, I think werewolves would be more effective against this just because of the nature of what it is, but I'm not trying to, to get so, more healing. When I say that they're running crowd control, I mean that they're basically on the edges of this thing's like perimeter, like chopping at like the tendrils as they try to sneak into buildings and everything. Okay, okay. So it's more of like, like the hedges crowd control then. Yeah, yeah. They're not uh they're not like going in and helping people because that literally wouldn't make any like both of these things would make no sense for them to do. They're off tanking. Yes, more or less. Okay. That make they're they're picking off the like straggler bits that are trying to grab people. That makes more sense. Okay. Um I will let you know that the uh the Bunga boys deal less damage, but they do have a special ability where they can swarm in groups of four turtles and get an auto hit with no threshold damage. So basically they can roll eight damage and, and get an auto hit if they want. I mean, there, there, yeah. There's 15 sets of Teenage Mutant Ninja Boys. Yep. Okay, so the werewolves are on crowd control, which means that this thing only has a 15% chance of finding a snack. The Bunga Boys will be here to help. And we're also going to be re-rolling initiative since it is a new scene. Hey. Also, we, we, you know, we have what was many, uh, what was once many Sasquatches also. Oh boy. So here's the deal with this thing. There are two targets to attack. The first is the massive flesh creature that is still kind of like scrounging out and like eating and kind of like almost like a mindless thing as it, it has been removed from its mind. As the initial thing around the cocoon has been broken, you all see that the cocoon, a single blade of bone, pierces through the flesh prison and outwards, revealing Zemisi in its perfected form. This creature stands at a towering 50 feet tall as it, it unfolds its multiple limbs. Hey, you big bitch, come down here so you can hear me talk shit. <laughs> Mama don't like that talk.
As the morning sun rose into the sky, the collected Garu nation of the northeastern seaboard assembled in Brooklyn. Instructed to stay along the edges and keep their presence near humans to a minimum, they would contain the beast, and if the worst should happen, they would be the next line of defense between the world and the worm. As flesh slithers and scrapes through the ruins of Brooklyn, the werewolves shift into their massive war forms, unslinging ancient, storied weapons from their backs and preparing to fight. Surging Claws of Victory would share many stories of their fight that day with future packs, and tell stories of glory and honor around the Cairn's fire. But one story he could scarcely believe, even as his own eyes saw it. A human hobbled into a forklift and drove it right into one of the largest maws of Zemisi he could find. As if that would do anything to stop this thing that could topple buildings. In that moment, when this mere human's will to survive was pushed to its very limit, he saw a miracle. At first, the maw simply chomped down on the medical student, crunching the metal and flesh together. Then it stopped, and blood began to pour from Zemisi. Then flesh was ripped apart from within. As the mass of flesh was torn open, there stood something incredible. A massive wolf the size of a small building with the tattered remains of scrubs falling off of it. This creature put the war forms of the collected Garu to shame. Licking tainted worm blood from its chops, it let out a terrifying howl that shook the Garu to their very core. The kind of howl that asked them one thing. Join in this fight with me. Or run. The Garu, as one nation, chose to fight. Thank you all for taking the time to enjoy our show. If you liked what you heard, why not give us a follow on your podcast app of choice, or leave a review and send some feedback our way. Also, don't forget to help us overthrow the machine learning algorithms by tapping that like button. If you had any questions, you can direct them to A Pair of Dice Lost on Twitter, A Pair of Dice Lost Podcasting on Facebook, and A Pair of Dice Lost at gmail.com if the old-fashioned way is more your thing. The theme song for this campaign is Epic Blockbuster 2 by Raphael Crux. Other music in this episode was provided by Komiku, David Hillowitz, X-Taker UX, Midair Machine, Art of Escapism, and Alexander Nakarada. And finally, for making it this far, I saw that cool thing you did, so have some stunt dice.